that's what the that's what the gold people do, right? Because mm -hmm. they can't carry 12 words. So it's almost certain you could say that if you're a gold bug, you, you know, at some point, if you think that gold is the way to do it, you're going to have to put gold in your ass. <laughs> There's really no way. Like, know. You're essentially like just saying to everybody, I'm into gold in my ass. There is no way out. This is the Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast, a show where average Joe firefighters explore the most important monetary technology of the 21st century. We talk Bitcoin, we talk finance, and we talk shit. Welcome, and thanks for joining us here again at the Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast. Today, we are talking to NVK, co-founder and CEO of CoinKite. NVK has been in the space for over a decade and founded CoinKite in 2013. He may actually be Satoshi. It's always a pleasure to speak to NVK. He has a great sense of humor and he didn't disappoint in this outing. CoinKite has been busy churning new devices out of their cypherpunk skunkworks lately. We talk about CoinKite's new offerings, the Cold Card Mark IV, the Sats Card, and the Tap Signer. We also talk about Open Dime suppositories, the Canadian truckers and the Trudeau response, gold and dollars as shit coins and feeding chickens with the lightning network. You can follow us on Twitter at blue underscore collar BTC or send us an email at blue collar Bitcoin podcast at Gmail. If you like, you can send us a tip via lightning on Twitter, or you could try podcasting 2.0 and stream sats our way on breeze or fountain. The blue collar Bitcoin podcast is sponsored by CoinKite, makers of the cold card, the sats card, the tap signer, the block clock, and still in R&D, the Open Dime Suppository with Gently Tapered Edges. We have used Cold Card for deep cold storage for years, and we have recommended their products long before being sponsored by them. Taking custody of your Bitcoin is a serious responsibility. If you're going to take this step, and you should, then get yourself the best hardware wallet the industry has to offer. Get a Cold Card. Use code BCB to get 5% off the Mark III version or order the Mark IV and for a limited time, get it at a discounted price. Enjoy the show. All views and language expressed by the hosts and guests in this podcast are solely their personal opinions and do not reflect their employers or organizations they are associated with. Do not treat any of the content in this podcast as investment advice or as an inducement to follow a particular strategy. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. NVK, how's your morning? Good, guys. I uh, I keep on going to conferences trying to catch COVID, but I just keep on catching <laughs> normal colds. You just can't as get you it can yet. Tell huh? by my nasal voice today. What is the normal routine for you in the morning? What is, what does NVK do when he rolls out of bed? Well, I I don't roll out of bed. I just hear daddy, 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 <laughs> <laughs> very early in the morning. <laughs> they come and jump on you. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then uh, you know, go downstairs, make coffee. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your brew lately? What do you What do you brew up in the morning? Oh man, it's just like uh, I go for the mid grade, low. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, low roast, so like medium light roast. Toss it in the automated coffee machine. Press a button. Nice. Mm. Yeah, the firehouse, we we joke a lot about the gas station swill that we drink at the firehouse. It's basically the cheapest bargain barrel bottom oh, folders. I can't do that, man. And like, you know, people put a <laughs> cup and a half in there, so it's like motor oil. But <laughs> no. you know what? You drink it when it's the only thing available. It's part of being a firefighter. I remember a couple of years ago, someone was suggesting we have this general fund that we put into, you know, everybody throws cash in and that's where our coffee comes from. And someone was like, let's up the ante. Let's go, let's do Starbucks, you know, grounds. And one of our lieutenants was like, Fuck no. Part of being a fireman is drinking shitty coffee. And yeah. uh, it is. It's true. Dude, that's hilarious. You know, and coffee prices going up with inflation a lot, too. It's very expensive. It is. Um, yeah. You know, some hunting camps, they will have like a, 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 a like a, a tin of Maxwell that's like five years old. <laughs> you have a sip of that in the morning. You're like, nope, I'm quitting yeah. coffee. That's like the yeah. equivalent of Natty Light beer. To in, in the world of beer. That's just total garbage. Uh, you just got back from Tejas, right? That's right. Tell us Tejas about is it. Tejas is the land of Bitcoin now, man. They are really, really building something there. Um, did not have to bump into a single shitcoiner. That was nice. Wow. And uh, 
They're running them out of town. Yeah. What? They're running the shit coiners out of that, town down there. Probably, man. I don't Good. know what they do in taxes to these guys, <laughs> but uh, I didn't see a single one. What did you do? What were you, walk us through your week down there. Yeah, so uh, we the 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 guys from Unchained, so Parker. Um, you know, there, there is South by Southwest there, right? Which is like, like woke hell essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, and there is some good music too. You know, gotta give it to them. And, and it's just like very sort of like specific conference has been happening there for like like over a decade, right? So what the guys from Unchained did is they ran a parallel one week sort of like uh, uh, events going on there. At the same time, so that so so essentially, like you know, the town was packed, but then you know there's like bit devs with like two hundred people in it, and then there is like you know this other event called Bitcoin Takeover the other day, and you know a bunch of other events. Like it was uh, it was interesting, it was nice. We had like essentially things from ten a.m. to like two a.m. every day there for a week. I don't know if you guys saw Peter McCormick talking shit about uh, Texas barbecue on Twitter the other day. Did you? Uh... You agree? I mean, I think he's basically saying that barbecue in Texas is is not nearly as good as everyone pretends it is. Well, so here's the thing. I personally don't take my barbecue advice from British people. <laughs> right. I mean, that's just a starter right there. <laughs> you know, there is many kinds of barbecue in Texas, right? And there is many kinds of barbecuers in Texas. I found that like even like the mediocre sort of like corporate thing was like decent. Uh, there is some great barbecue. There's some fantastic steak. Um, there were there was like a, a nice little uh, uh, a steak cooked by Bitcoiners there too. That was great. I actually went to them to the ranch to buy the meat. Um, very cool. Yeah, you, you throw some incredible meat porn up on Twitter. <laughs> uh, what uh, what is your favorite cut? Like if you're like, all right, I can only have this cut for the rest of my life. You know, I, I'm not a man of favorites. Like, I, 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 you know, it's just I like I like them all, but like, you know, picanha is a good one. Skirt steak is another good one. Um, center cut. Mm. Um, you know, there's nobody hates ribeye. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. You're a terrorist if you hate ribeyes. Probably. I'm going straight to the butcher shop when we're done with this. <laughs> yeah, man. See if they have skirt steak. Seriously. It's so underappreciated. It's the diaphragm, uh, uh, like strip, of of muscles, and uh, you know some of them can be gamier, so it's an acquired taste, but it's really good. So you guys at CoinKite have a bunch of new products that we would like to talk about. Maybe just because I think a lot of people might have um, confusion between the Sats card and the Tap Signer, so maybe we could start there. Could you give us a quick explanation of like yeah. what the what the what needs these are trying to meet? Um, what differentiates them and how they work? Sure. So what we have is uh, if you go to coinkite.cards, we create a new domain for that. Uh, it shows you both there. Uh, so Sats card is essentially the evolution of Open Dime, right? It's a little card, NFC, you tap, you fill it up with Bitcoin, and, and then you actually have nine more reuses of the card. Okay? so. It's that simple, really. Just Sats card is an open dime. <laughs> People know open right. dime. A more accessible and it's much open less dime, expensive, though, right? which in is, a lot of ways, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you can use it 10 times. And people in the third world that would want something like an open dime, probably maybe not worth their expense because they are getting to be, I think they were 60 bucks for three of them at this point. And I'm sure inflation is impacting you guys and you just have to make things more expensive. I think we just bump up the price, actually, on the normal ones. On the open dimes, yeah. The problem with open dime is that like we're we're still trapped on a on a couple of chips that we use that are not the most common anymore. So you know right. we can get inventory and stuff, but the price just keeps on going up. And because we're starting with Sats card now, we're sort of like not eating that margin loss anymore. We're just sort of slowly upping the price. Uh, Sats card is a lot more reasonable. It's a single chip, right? There's just one chip inside that card and an antenna, and then you know hopefully. Hopefully we can do two things, right? One is uh, uh, maintain price if you know inflation goes num- goes to the moon, and two, you know, lower price as our scale grow, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. It was not possible with open dime. Um, 
And then Tap Signer, right? Similar package, right? Just a card, NFC card. But Tap Signer is essentially a harder wallet. Uh, but it's like uh, a dumb, ultra smart harder wallet. <laughs> um, we we taught the the smart card how to understand Bitcoin, and what that makes it, it's like now essentially you have a, a Bitcoin blind signer. It doesn't know what's signing, right? So it's a different set of trade off for security, right? It's not cold card. It's not for your cold deep storage, um, but. What it does is make it super easy for you to sign or co-sign, uh, like say phone wallets. Mm. So, or you know, hopefully soon even some Lightning stuff. Um, so, essentially, let's say you, you want to, you know, instead of having I don't know, like hundred bucks on on Blue Wallet, you want to have a couple thousand dollars there. Right, but now you're a little bit more sort of, you know, I don't right. feel like having my private key on the phone, right? So what you can do is you can have your tap signer be your private key, essentially, right? And you can just tap Blue Wallet once Blue Wallet integrates um, to sign a transaction, or say, you know, Unchain, Casa, or Green Wallet, or something like that. Uh, one of these, one of these multi-sig wallets. Uh, you know, you're going to be able to essentially tap to co-sign a transaction. Yeah, this is that's one of the first applications I thought of for this thing. It's just that that usability in these more these multi-sig setups that are becoming more ubiquitous. Would you feel comfortable using that in conjunction with a couple of hardware wallets for uh, like a cold storage type multi-sig, or would you not feel comfortable holding using that? Oh, absolutely. That that's that's the whole point. Okay. So uh, we have an Elac six chip on this cards that's like one of the highest security ratings that you can get for a smart card it, it's 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 pretty up there i think i think ledger is the same um and so so like it, it's really secure what i don't trust is that there's a lot of closed stuff in this cards in the smart cards right the, the chip and like lots of little closed things right so I don't want to trust as a single point of failure for real money, right? I mean, it's extremely unlikely there is a problem, right? Extremely unlikely right. there's like some backdoor or something, but you know, different different set of trade off, right? So I think for multi sig is perfectly fine. It's actually a great device to sort of like use as a as a backup key, for example, where you go and you throw that in your safe deposit box as one of the 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 multi sig, because. These cards are fairly resilient, and the chip is not exposed. It's like inside the plastic, mm -hmm. so it should last a very long time. Um, you know, it does burn. Yeah. <laughs> so watch out for fires. <laughs> but uh, what about um, the Mark? What about Mark Four? Give us uh, some updates on exactly what this is going to roll out and what what upgrades are going to exist. Yeah. So 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 Mark Four. We we started uh, shipping dev units, right? Because we can't update the boot ROM in the field. So we want to test out the boot ROM with like many people who are using for like alpha purposes, right? Not using for real money. Um, and then once we get like the, the go ahead from enough people, we'll start shipping them. Uh, they, they are like essentially in production now. Um, so the hardware is all set. It's really a matter of like getting the 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 firmware, the bootloader part of the firmware, right? Which is the non-changeable part, like you know, in a in a point where we're comfortable. We, we like to test things before people put money on them. Yeah, you know, there was somebody on Twitter the other day, NVK, and they were, you know, assessing the pros and cons of Ledger versus Cold Card, and they said, you know, one of the main benefits to Ledger is it's better for anal storage. Um, and, uh, I, I responded and I said, speak for yourself. Um, there's a, you know, a wide swath of opinion about what you may prefer to put up your sphincter or not, but the, the convo got super weird. I mean, it was fun in games for a while. And then somebody responded, I forget what exactly the picture was. I, I looked away pretty quick. <laughs> I looked, at I it. think it was a hollowed out dildo with an open diamond. It was a butt plug. Yeah, like, I, I saw that. It was clear a, butt plug. It's a butt plug. Yep. It's a butt plug. <laughs> there was a guy who makes butt plugs with open dimes in them. 
Wait, wait, wait. So he sells them that way? That isn't that's like I, intended I think, purpose. I think so I think there was like a whole a whole industry around it. It gets tricky, you know, because we want to like you know, like echo and sort of like read NVK, how's your morning broadcast things that people do with our products? But uh sometimes <laughs> a, you can get a little a little much. You yeah, know, yeah like a little much. Just, just little for graphic. the corporate account. I mean, like, you know. Props to you, you know, if this is uh, if this is how you guys want to use the product, you know what? Like you should do like a cold card narrow version. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something like, with a tape around it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, cold card does have round corners. They're not very rounded, but they are rounded. Yeah, and you guys cover You could with remember that bit of 12 words, you know. One option is remember 12 words. Some other people when they cross borders like to do something else. Hey, to each his own. Yeah. Yeah. Some you know, but you will show up on X-ray, right? I'm sure there's some percentage yeah. of people that just feel better having something in their rectum when they're crossing a border. Even though I can remember twelve words, I, but I, mean, I still I want to shove something up the, my ass. That's what the that's what the gold people do, right? Because mm -hmm. they can't carry twelve words. So it's almost certain you could say that if you're a gold bug, you, you know, at some point, if you think that gold is the way to do it, you're going to have to put gold in your ass. <laughs> There's really no way. Like, I know. You're essentially like just saying to everybody, I'm does, into gold in my ass. It does, there is no way out. You better spoke. melt this down into the shape of a dildo. I'll tell you the that. The last There's time we no... spoke, we spoke about the guy who shoved that gold in his ass, uh, the Indian guy there at the airport. Go. I'm pretty sure we spoke to you. How does this just keep coming was, around? Was that, the, end, was that the first NVK episode? I think it might have been. I forgot that. I think it was. Wow. Full circle. We're just... Gold people in their butts, man. It's just, yeah. uh, it's just, a, it's just fate. Yeah, you're right. And, and in the price too. I mean, they just keep on taking it in the butt <laughs> for ten years. Ten years, those poor bastards. <laughs> it's more than ten, man. It's just like the gold price. Just oh, like, man, I've got the know. giggles. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to get a domain for this. That gold guys just like it in the butt. We'll go joint with you on that. It's a new, it's a new blue collar Bitcoin coin kite venture. Some derivative <laughs> of uh, gold digger, you know, in, with a different uh, <laughs> connotation there. He doesn't. He only gets better. Doesn't <laughs> this meme is just really going to drive it home? A question that I have for you that I think I think a lot of people when they hear the new gold card has uh, NFC capability, I think the first thing people think is like, how is that a security loophole? How is that? Um, how is that an issue? Can you explain to us? We don't really know shit about NFC, how that tech works. How um, how worried should someone be about that possibility of that leaking information? Uh, just explain that tech to us and how it works. Yeah. So I'm not not very concerned because a few things, right? So NFC is a radio, right? So you know, if you if the NSA is after you, they can probably come up with some way of of, of reading that radio from next door, right? right? Uh, but if the NSA is after you, man, you have bigger problems. Right, you are in trouble. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're probably watching on your phone anyways. Um, so aside from this like extreme sort of attackers, it's it's like you really need to be touching the two devices together because you need to create a field, right? And this field uh, is sort of like what powers it and sort of like, so you need to be very close. Uh, the second thing is uh, you can disable it. You know, it comes disabled. So, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, now let's say you don't want to trust that it was disabled. You can actually scratch a little piece, a little part of the PCB near the SD card. We're going to teach people how. And then it's dead. Like, you can't turn it on anymore, the NFC feature. Cool. That's a cool feature. So, personally, for my cold needs, I'm going to scratch them all. <laughs> okay. You know, it's just, that's just my shtick, right? Like, <laughs> I like, I like that peace of mind. But now... You know, QRs don't like are not too far from the same consequences as well, right? Because you could have a camera that's looking at it. You could have like a remote attacker access your phone using the phone, like the the computer, and like looking at those as well. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like the complex libraries and the complex hardware for that to exist as well. So, you know, trade offs and usability. Yeah. So if you had a let's say the set the tap signer. Um, and you forgot to put it in its RF um, protected pocket so that the frequency can't escape or no one could. Act. What is it that somebody who had mal, you know, evil intent, what could they collect from it if you didn't have it inside of its uh, RF case? Right. So, so this actually happens a lot, right? Especially in Europe. You have pickpocketers that were sort of like tapping people's butts <laughs> because of their credit cards, yeah. you know, to sign essentially like money. Um, 
So a lot of wallets, by the way, now have actually RF protection. Uh, but let, let's say you don't have it all, right? Like you were saying. So uh, what they could do is they can just get information about the card, right? Like a, kind of like XPUB kind of thing. Not Well, not really the XPUB. Uh, you'd be more like... Um, yeah, I don't think they'll get much because they would have to try to to sign something because essentially what we do is we have a pin right mm -hmm. so the wallet the, the card is going to ask for the pin before it signs anything right or before it releases any other kind of information right so i think the worst that could happen is they could get the card id which not really is not related to bitcoin is really like whatever right right it's not a nice thing to lose things but it's not a big deal um yeah, and you can change that pin too. It comes with a pin, but you can change it. Uh, so, so, it, so essentially, it's, it's similar to credit cards. Right? So, essentially, you have CVC, which is a customer verification code, right? So, it's essentially proof of presence. So, you have to have the the touch happen, and also that pin, meaning you have true possession of the card, right? Gotcha. All right. So, it sounds like it's not really much of a loss if anyone got any any of that kind of information. They're not you're not, they're not getting an XPUB. They're certainly not getting the keys. No. So there's no real uh, worry there. With Sats card, they can get the, the Bitcoin address. Okay. Oh, on, with Sats card. Yeah. Yes. They can't the, the, spend it, but they can get the, the... Because the idea is if you tap the card, you get a Bitcoin address. Right. Yeah. The, and, the, and obviously, we mentioned trade-offs earlier. The whole point of Sats card, correct me if I'm wrong, but the target market, the audience you're trying to capture is either a group of people with an amount of money where security isn't top of mind or just getting Bitcoin in the hands of people that have never interacted with the protocol before, right? I mean, this just opens up a horizon that hasn't existed before. Explore that for us a little bit. Like, what what is what was the target audience in mind when you created this, and what do you think the implications could be of, of this new tool? So, like OpenDime, card sort of concept is, you know, possession is nine tenths of the law kind of deal so you know if you have a with you is yours right like yeah. uh, because you can spend it <laughs> so so uh so so that's the thing with that card um and and the idea is so like open dime it's like you know it's usb a so it's gonna work forever you know it uses one addresses it's like it's just very sort of like future proofing kind of device but you know, it's still like, you know, in a, in a form factor that like, you know, it's like thick, right? Like, uh, it's not easy to carry around, although it's small and, it, you know, people put in their keychains and rack them sometimes. Um, it, uh, you know, you can't use it with a phone, realistically speaking. Right. Although you could, uh, you, you could use an OTG cable with Android and stuff. But anyways, with Sats card, because it's just like a hotel tapping key kind of thing, right? Like you can put in your wallet, you can put into a, you know, a, a, how do you call those things? Like a thank you card or something, or like a birthday card because it's flat and you can like ship it across the world kind of thing. Um, you know, it's like a gift card really. So we were sort of aiming for that gift card or like hotel tapping key kind of like ultra, like, like anyone proof kind of UX, right? Like you yeah. tap and it just like does the thing. Yeah. It does feel like magic is really cool. I like that. Anyone proof UX. And that is, that's important. You know, for those of us that are spending hours a week studying this and have messed with things and have that motivation, it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of someone that has, that's 82 years old and has no clue what's going on. And we want to make this accessible to that demographic as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and and the threshold that we're making accessible to them is also, like you know, because it's much lower. Um, you know, it, it's okay to make it accessible to them, right? Like, it's not like you're trying to make your eighty-year-old put his life savings right on a device and then like not spending the afternoon explaining the consequences of that, right? Yeah, it's like if you can't understand cold card, which is very simple, like you probably shouldn't put your life savings on anything. Yeah. Well Very said. Accurate. Yeah, there is a, the the onus is on you to do some of the investigation and research. Which you know, is the, we're finding ourselves in this position because a lot of our you know, we're finding that people are 
approaching our podcast that have you know are brand new. So we're getting DMs and comments on Twitter, and then even friends at the firehouse. And there's this. <laughs> sometimes there can be this initial disposition of like, "Hey, show me how to do this." And our response is, "Absolutely, we're here to guide, help, channel resources your direction." but you have to take ownership over this process. Like you're going to have to know how to do this yourself because you're going to need to be not, not only taking ownership personally, but also explaining this to loved ones, setting up a long-term inheritance plan. Cold storage is highly recommended, but if you're not willing to take ownership over that process, then you're just not ready to do it. It's that simple. You know, this happens a lot, right? You know, people get, you know, they're given say ledger treasure, right? Without any explanation. And then they use those apps that come with those devices that don't give an explanation either in order to make it sort of like, you know, ultra easy. And then what happens? They get a DM saying, hey, there's a problem with your device. Can you please give me your seed? Yep. <laughs> and then they give them the seed and then money gone, right? This is, this is why I really dislike this idea of removing all the agency from people, like not teaching them some stuff. Mm. If they can't understand the basics, they probably shouldn't be taking their whole life savings on their hands anyways, right? It's like giving somebody a gun, right? Like, it's like, here's a gun. Yeah, no training. You know, do you know how to, like, you know, unload it? <laughs> Great analogy. Let's flip over to Canada. What's going on? Because, you know, you've been on our mind a lot in the sense that it's easy for us to sit behind our computer screen or computer or mobile phone screens here in the United States and lob insults and be concerned and, you know, should demonstrate solidarity, but we're not business owners in a country that's kind of going through some of the, uh, pernicious transition that t- took place here these last few months. Uh, walk us through both personally and professionally what it's been like to, be on the front lines of this and where your headspace is now that at least maybe the dust has settled a little bit? Um, it was interesting <laughs> to see, like, to go through what happened here in the, in the last sort of month or two, right? Um, so, you know, the, the country like right now is run by Castro's son and, uh, <laughs> and he is... Uh, um, he doesn't like to be denied things, right? So people people may have different opinions of him, so or of the stuff that he says. So he decided to go um, and put martial law because people were honking too loud <laughs> near Parliament. <laughs> you know, they find you know they had a jacuzzi and a pig roast, which is also very offensive. Um, jacuzzi. Really? Right downtown. Like, yeah, I know. You know it was just awesome. a big party there, right? Um, and uh, it, it was very tricky. Um, you know, they they went and they uh, they they made so that if you donated to the campaigns, which they made illegal, they made the campaigns illegal first, right? And then they made it so that if you donated to the campaigns, yeah. Um, you know, and these things will all get they all got challenged in court, and, and the problem is at the moment, right? Uh, you don't want to be the guy that goes to jail for that week. Yeah. You don't want to be the guy they make an example out of and just happen to be the, exactly, the poor right? bastard who takes it on the chin. Exactly. So so anyway, so so they started uh so they started like um uh, blocking people's bank accounts if they had uh, any relation to donating like $20 to the campaign. Is there any you precedent know, there in Canada for something like that having happened before that no. you know? No. I mean, this is a G20 country. I know it's We're crazy. Like, we're technically more free than America. Like when you actually look down, like in the freedom index there with all the things you can and can't do in practice. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely crazy. It's a G20 country. I think it's G7. (laughs) Like, you know, like this doesn't happen in countries like this. You have to be like, you know, like some developing country or dictatorship to have stuff like this happen. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people started to withdraw their money from their bank accounts. A lot of people started to wiring their their dollars out of the country. And my my theory is that he got a call from his MPs saying, "Hey, we're getting called from bankers, and we kind of have a problem here, right?" The 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 president of the Credit Union Association, like like you know, gave an interview in an article saying that people were 
withdrawing tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. So for her to say this publicly, like, you know, like it must have happened in a decent, you know, amount. And then he was also going to have this, the, the emergency act voted down on that Friday as well. Right. So, so they, they killed it because, you know, they were done already. But as a Bitcoiner though, when they announced that, I looked at our bank account. I'm like, eh, you know, the amount of fiat to the bank account that we keep is like, it's pretty much just like small float. And I'm like, you know what? This is just going to like prove my point. And then I'll sue the bank or sue whatever. And, uh, you know, and if they do block my bank account, I'm out. Yeah. Did you, uh, do you know anyone directly that was affected by this that had their bank account frozen? Um, I didn't inquire too much. But I assume that any of the guys that were like a little bit more related to the actual uh, right. uh, truckers probably did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, the, the the reporting was everywhere, right? That people were sort of like calling the, you know, like the, the news agencies to have their story heard because their account got got blocked. Um, man, what a gift. <laughs> what a gift. We now know how they're going to play this out. Right, like yeah. U.S., Canada, like you know, like Europe. This is this is their this is the playbook. So, how did the average Canadian take a look at this? Like, for some of your friends that aren't into Bitcoin or don't have their head in this this kind of uh, uh, place that we obviously do, where we're kind of critical of all these types of things and pay a lot of attention to them. How do your normal friends that don't necessarily pay attention to finance and Bitcoin? Obviously, how did they view this? Were they were they skeptical and worried or are they just not paying attention, not noticing? You know, COVID in Canada, uh, the last two years in Canada was kind of like a great filter. Like we, we, we had everywhere, the, I think. The, 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 the COVID crap here, the insanity was a bit higher that you guys had there, right? So that's all to say that like, I have a lot less friends who are not into Bitcoin after this COVID situation happened. You know, I did a bit of cleanup in the house. Um, it's very difficult to remain uh, uh, connected to people who are uh, for a segregation of people. Um, it, was, it was difficult, um, you know, but this is just can't do it. I mean, it's like, you know, you're a collaborator. I'm sorry. Man, in, I can't be friends. in the last two years, I think it's become very apparent to people that some people just have slavery in their blood. You know, they just want to be they want to be told what to do. They want to be slaves. Yeah. You know, people don't want freedom, right? People want just a better sell. Um, <laughs> better sell. So so um, a lot of Canadians, because we have the, the state broadcaster here, the CBC is, you know, the state broadcaster, right? Like they get money from the government. So essentially it's a government PR machine. And it's like high production value, right? It's kind of like the BBC. So it's very believable if they say the science says something. Um, or that the truckers are racist. Um, literally Hitler. Um Nazis. and then and then you have all the other mainstream here uh was uh, was going bankrupt a few years ago. So they all got, you know, half a billion dollars from the government too. So essentially, we have all mainstream here, right as well, by the way, the, like the more righty mainstream as well. So right and left here peddling government propaganda. Uh, so a lot of people don't agree with the truckers. You know, like, like at least half the country thought that they were actually like Nazi terrorists, you know, like torturing a pig in front of parliament. Um, so, so yeah, so that was... Uh, that's the problem, right? A lot of people thought that the people donating to these campaigns were, you know, Russian actors. <laughs> no joke. Like, you know, it's the Russians. It's foreign in influence. And then, you know, it came out after that that 80% of the donations were actually Canadian, right? Um, so it's difficult. Uh, people here are in this sort of like trance of, you know, what they call a mass psychosis here. For a while now, you know, Trump, orange man, bad. And then like Canadian conservatives, man, bad. And then, you know, wear your mask, take your shots, you know, eat vegetables. Don't forget <laughs> you know, your seed oils. Meat. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's not even get into the seed oils with them, right? Um, yeah, it's fascinating. It's like 
you have this humanity has split. You have yeah. two tracks, right? It like, really has. It's it's interesting from our vantage point, and we're not going to play like medical epidemiologist here, but we we have seen a lot of COVID. I mean, we're medics who dress up as firemen. That's an extreme phrase, but we're we're dual role. So 70% of our call volume is paramedicine. We've seen a lot of COVID. We've cleared out nursing homes, but we kind of like most first responders share the similar perspective of, hey, let's not call it totally phony, but let's also recognize that humanity has totally miscalculated risk. You know, oh, we've yeah. been sitting around like we'll talk at the firehouse and be like, you see people at Jewel Osco who are terrified. I mean, beyond terrified grocery shopping of COVID. It's like if you're this freaked out, you need to be panic stricken about strokes and heart attacks and diabetes and hyperlipidemia. Well, that's the hilarious and, thing. They're 400 just pounds cars. on a rascal scooter worried about COVID. Like, there's Can you imagine this? Like, If people understood the statistics on how cars kill people and hurt people in society, like, we should just cancel all the cars. <laughs> Yeah. No more cars for anyone yeah, cars. because pedestrians and like, it, you know, it's stairs. an absolute disaster. Yeah. It's it, just interesting to watch people like when you're on an, you know, half of our time we each spend on an ambulance. One day we're driving a fire truck. The next day we rotate to an ambulance. It's like you got all these people terrified of COVID while we're running around town taking, you know, strokes and heart attacks and, and stuff into the, it's like, it's, it's wild to see how it has divided perspectives. You know, you have this this cohort of people that understand, hey, this it's not like this is a, a fake thing, but we're going to keep living our lives. And then this other cohort of people that are willing to, it seems, wear masks forever, even with three doses of a vaccine. I mean, it's absolutely, it's fascinating you to know, watch as, behavior. As if the masks work, right? I mean, what people don't understand is they're like, mask fitting is why masks work for professionals. Right, like if you're a professional, you have a like a much better quality mask that's fitted to you right. twice like a year. We, we get fit, so yeah. like as medics, we have and we have to go through this breathing test with the N95 on. It records how much air is escaping and all this stuff, and that's the reason we're safe in the back of these ambulances with with any respiratory particulates. You know what I mean? TB, COVID, flu, bo, bo. Dude, NVK gets it beat. Those masks for a paramedic when you're, it's all it's about BO, man. That's all I used yeah, to take before the last two boots. years. That's it. True. <laughs> I had to itch my nose the other day, took the thing off. I had a drunk in the back and I almost Rick passed Red. out. It was just absolutely pungent. Oh, we were on the box that day. This guy was like four foot three, like a troll. And <laughs> what was he like on like a week long bender when we took him to the hospital? Josh and I are on different shifts, but I worked overtime the other day, so we actually decided to go on the ambulance together. Um, oh, it was rambunctious. I mean, I would say we literally talked about Bitcoin the entire day, probably in front of patients. Um, For sure. No, we're locked up, completely locked up on calls. Highest level level of professionalism when uh, Josh and Dan come to pick you up. And drive you to the hospital. <laughs> I yeah, do man. think that this yeah. is significant, though, in terms of uh, illuminating Bitcoin. I really do. I mean, freedom infringement is often in the early stages insidious and small moves that then seem to, you know, oh, you guys were all freaking out. They with, you know, they withdrew the executive powers. Everything's good now. Like that's not how this works. If you, if you look back through history, you see these, these small cracks that widen over time and just unilaterally taking executive control over bank accounts without due process and going through the court system is a terrifying precedent. And it does seem that a lot of people, this is clicking for them. You know, you kind of have three, there's probably more than this, but three things come to mind for like what makes Bitcoin appealing to you initially. One of the first narratives is just like inflation hedge, protect yourself from debasement. The other one is protect yourself from the fragility in the system. You know, we're super leveraged system built on credit. And then the third that the, that most Bitcoiners are aware of is the censorship resistant component. But it really feels like in a lot of ways that's gone mainstream recently, both at the individual level with what we've seen in Canada and then even up to the sovereign nation state level. We said this with Pomp last week. We were like, we're no we're no fan of uh, Putin here, but like freezing FX reserves is Clearly, I mean, it's clearly going to put sovereign, push sovereign nation states that aren't in the good graces of, the, of the West of into a different settlement layer. So 
All I'm saying is it seems like Bitcoin is, there's now this third piece that's gone really mainstream and censorship resistance is no longer just a Bitcoin Twitter thing. I'm hearing a lot of people talk about it that uh, weren't before. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, right? The, the Trudeau thing was a gift, right? We we would not have known how far they would go in regards to like so little, right? Like you donated to a trucker. We don't like it. We can't handle it. We're freaking out. So we're going to just cancel your accounts, right? And they want to keep the law in place for blocking financial, like financial accounts without due process uh, based on bullshit, right? Uh, and they removed the liability from the banks. Right. So they indemnify them so you can't sue the bank. Uh, so that's why the banks complied so easy, right? Because banks wouldn't comply so easy if you can sue them. Yeah. So Yeah, they're taking all the risk thing. out for them. Yeah. So now so now with this like this world thing going on right now with the, you know, I stand with Ukraine. Um is uh it's insanity, right? I mean, like we're like blocking Russians. We have like, you know, decades of understanding that sanctions don't work. It just punish the people. I mean, look at Cuba. They haven't given up. Right. Right. <laughs> They're just poor and miserable, but they haven't given up. Uh, you know, the bad guys in power still get their nice stuff from Lulu Lululemon, right? Now they can Putin can still get Lululemon pants. Uh <laughs> he just send somebody to buy it. Um yeah, like now the Netflix is not in Russia anymore. Like, what are they gonna do? Oh my god! Yeah, they're in trouble <laughs> this, this without some Netflix. Shit is just out of control. It it is I, insane to to think that they didn't think ahead on this at all to just go full frontal with these massive limits on what Russian people can do and like limiting financial transactions. They've got to understand. Or they had to have thought at least a little bit ahead and thought we are stepping on our own dick in a major way here. When we bifurcate the entire uh, financial world uh, from east and west, like they're not going to just not trade anymore. This is going to just cause a uh, this bifurcation that's going to shoot us right in our own foot. So we are basically putting dollar hegemony at total risk to gain. I mean, what isn't seeming to be much in return. Um, I it just this yeah. geopolitical game of chicken that we're playing with finances is not going to be beneficial to uh, the West, in my opinion, especially not in the longer term. This is basically our, our like largest export in the U.S. is dollars, and we're going to... No, but, but hang on a second. Uh, you know, personally, I think this, like, you know, the guy... There's smart people inside, like, deep inside government, right? I hope so. Uh, and, uh, I mean, like, look what they did with, with 2008, right? I mean, you know, they did sell our children's children's future, but they did find soft landing, right? Yeah. And yeah. and soft landing gets you reelected. Remember, like this has nothing to do with us having a prosperity prosperity as a society. It's about them getting reelected. Incentives. That's why I don't believe in conspiracies. It's just too simple. Um so I I really think that they hinted at the world the last sort of like few years, saying, Hey, get off the dollar. Get off the dollar. We're gonna unwind this shit. Get off the dollar. Right? Because you know, U.S. got to a point now where, you know, you, you can't, like, I mean, even if you raise, like, the interest rate by, like, 50%, you'd still not do a dent in the foreign debt, right? Yeah. So so what they did was, like, okay, since we can't go that route, we're going to just unwind everybody, the rest of the world, off of it, right? By hinting things so that everybody can go posture, you know, like, you know, you can go zipping there, oh, you know, look, fuck you, America, you know, we're not going to use the dollar anymore, and then Russia can go and say, fuck you, America. We're not going to use the dollar anymore. And then America can say, like, fuck you, rest of the world. You can't have the dollar anymore, right? Like, and everybody gets to sort of score some points locally, get reelected. And, uh, and we can all move on from the petrodollar. Like, that to me is, is exactly what happened. Because, you know, you don't get to be Saudi Arabia and just go on, 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 a, on, a, on a news thing and say, hey, we're exploring the idea of the U1 for oil. Right. I mean preposterous if, if america like yeah i mean if america had a like if if this was not already sanctioned with the u.s to say i mean like you know saudi arabia by the way gets all their guns from america uh they would just be bombed and that's it and it's over right? like we know how this happened right like Saddam was trying to get off the dollar 
and now now it's okay Gaddafi. to get off the dollar. He was just early. I think Gaddafi was uh, the last one too. They they deep sixed after he decided he was going to take the euro or something That's instead right. of dollars. But uh, you must be pro Gaddafi, man. <laughs> yeah, I really was a fan. I mean, I followed. <laughs> I read his blog. I really kept in touch. Good guy overall. Great podcast. Real regular guy. <laughs> That's right. Bomb to Gaddafi. I think was the name of the pod. What you were saying a second ago. We talk in Bitcoin a lot about what's your time preference, and it's very clear that even up to the, you know, governments and nation states, there's high time preference, man. The political system is set up that way, and then fiat throws gasoline on the on the fire, and uh, it does allow you to engineer soft landings that kick the can down the road. Yeah, I mean, they're going to print this one till they're going to print all the way, man, all the way. They're going to. Yeah, they have to. This one is going to be like the the total like capitulation, right? So they're just going to go for it. It, it. And and there really is no alternative, right? It, it's like we're going to have essentially stagflation now for like it's going to be 20 years, man, 30 years of stagflation. How do you see this thing um, um trans- transitioning in the in the short to midterm? Uh it doesn't make sense. I think we'd all agree Bitcoin is way too small yet for this to be a transition point for it. Do you think that we see something more of a commodity gold potentially being um, a transition into a more commodity backed currency system? No, no, <laughs> it's a big no there. Well, I guess so what is going to what is going to um, give people think the about trust? This. How are they going to the, trust it? The bully in the world that has the most amount of guns, right? So, like the big arms in the world, right? America has very few, have very little gold relative. So you don't want to be on the other side of that trade. Right, because they're gonna strong arm the rest of the world to push gold down. Right, they're gonna make sure that gold is not the next thing. <laughs> because if it was the next thing, they'd be short gold. Mm. So, I mean, you know, and China does not exist without U.S. consumers. They try to push internal economy there to have sort of like a, a more circular thing going, you know, and it does. But it's not even like remotely comparable, right? I mean, they sell everything, and and you know. You know, America, press Amazon buy, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you can't, and all that shit comes from China. Like, everything, right? Like, there is, even all the stuff that's made in America, you know what? It isn't. Like, all the parts and all the chemicals that are used for it, everything comes from China, right? So, like, China is like, a, uh, like a, almost like a client state of America. So, there really is no way around that. And so, everybody can posture all they want. You know, you can't bring manufacture to U.S. It's not going to happen, not in the way that people think, uh, because you can't do that stuff there. There's just not enough people, not enough engineers, not enough materials. Uh, it's too much regulation, all the good stuff, right? And then China cannot exist without that market. And, and, and Russia is just a confused thing there on the top, right? Um, they export 60% of the ammonia nitrate of the world, so you can't plant stuff without it. Um, so, you know, we're just all connected now. We're going to have to just like learn how to have, you know, the all the drunk uncles on Christmas, you know, <laughs> and just deal with it. Yeah. So you kind of envision this just being this fiat fiasco until it's not and the orange coin moves its way in. That's sort of the way you envision it or? It's, it's hard to say. So actually, like the way I like to see it is like you ha- you're going to have two tracks. Okay. Because the economy is... It's, it's stagflation is not pretty like for middle class and like poor people it, it's like devastating right absolutely so yeah. what they're gonna have to do is essentially like print and give money right and they're gonna do that through programs through credits to whatever and what we're gonna have is like essentially like some form of cbdc that's not gonna be forced on everybody it's gonna be kind of like uh uh food stamps right but it's gonna be an app and you're going to have like your, your essentially like your, your cucked dollars in there, right? <laughs> and they're going to say you can only use it for this kind of stuff. It's only lettuce for you, right? Only lentils and, uh, and, and no, no, no dog chemotherapy, right? As the Bloomberg puts it, like if you, if you make less than $300,000 a year. Um, and, uh, and, and, but we're going to feel it, right? Like we're going to print and we're going to give you money so that you can survive on your soil and green, right? Yeah. Um, 
and you're still going to have the normal dollar, which is still the best checkway in the world, right? And it's going to be normal. Like, you're still going to do trade internationally. Nothing's going to change on that. Uh, I think Europe is going to take a massive hit they, because, you know, Europe is like half U.S. like treasuries and stuff. So, like, they're screwed. Um, and we're just going to have this, like, weird sort of mix of things and it's going to flare up here and there and they're going to sort of manage it and print more and here's some more for for the next 20 30 years until you know everybody decides to either go on bitcoin or something else because there's no alternative there really isn't like gold is not it i agree i think that's one of the most compelling uh realizations that a lot of bitcoiners make is you're you understand the potential significance and then you go trying to figure out how it's not going to play out this way and you find no substitute to rectify problems that you know are going to be exacerbated as the years go on. I mean, it's there, there's nothing else out there that's positioned to take these issues on and there's no signs of it stopping when you start putting the game theoretic pieces together. Yeah, it's... Uh... I mean, it's a monumental macaroni cold style thing. And it's like a monumental amount of money that is like off, like that's like mis misallocated, right? It's going to take a minimum of a generation to to clear this stuff out. And But remember, these morons still want to like do more bad shit, right? So it's not like we're just going to like, they're going to be like, hey, you know what? I think we're going to just do good from now. So we're going to try to do the best we can to unwind this without completely destroying society. No, they're going to be like, okay, cool. So we want to unwind, still get elected, but what can we get out of this, right? Yeah. The soft landings are not going to be in play. Yeah. I sent this tweet out. I just pulled it up. Uh, it was a couple of days ago. I said, when economic systems aren't allowed to deleverage, leverage increases. That is the essence of fiat central banking and the glue that holds our fragile economic system together. Bitcoin may not be so benevolent short term, but long term, it will enable genuine growth. But yeah. uh, this thing is going to be that, you know, asshole disciplinarian mom that turns you into a, you know, ethical, fine young man. It's going to be like Josh's mom. Josh was a total asshole tyrant as a little kid. I was such a good His kid. mom spanked him. Such a good kid. Disciplined him and he turned into the, the fine gentleman that he is today. <laughs> took you know, a lot of beatings uh, your, your tweet was really uh, uh, put simply by Max Kaiser you, know, you can't taper a Ponzi yeah <laughs> it really is that right and uh, and and people are going to have to learn people are going to have to learn how to live within their means people are going to have to learn how to not have the latest iPhone it, it still shocks me right like I go back to, to Brazil to visit and, and I look at like you know people who like clearly like you know don't have money, right? With like an iPhone in their hands. I'm like, how is this even economically possible, right? Like, and, and so priorities matter, right? And hopefully we move into a, a better a better set of time preferences and priorities. Amen. NVK, in your view, what do you, what do you think needs the most development in Bitcoin? What are we, what are we not working on that we should be? I, I think Bitcoin is perfect. I mean, we could remove half the stuff we have there and still amazing. Like, honestly, like there's this, I find it's like a, it's like a boredom fallacy that we have, you know, in, in like Bitcoin Twitter and, and all this stuff. It's like, people are like, you know, there, there isn't enough stuff happening. There's not enough money for Bitcoin companies. There's not this, there's not, it's not true. There is enough of everything. And the market is, is like met, right? Like the demand is met. It's just that people just need to understand, like it takes time to change a monetary system. And, and, you know, as much fun as it is to like, you know, feed chickens with lightning, you know, that's that's not like Wait, what? Let's go into that for a second. <laughs> you know, there is a website you can feed chickens with lightning. I, I did not uh, remotely. I need to check this um, out. That's cool it's top of priority as soon as we get We're gonna off link this. this down below. Um but uh but you know, like lightning is gonna be custodial, it's gonna be sort of like a replacement for Visa and all this this entities like Hubspoke model. Uh, it's fantastic technology, but it's not, I believe, what people think it is. Uh, and then, like, you know, there is enough money for devs. If there wasn't, they wouldn't be devs. <laughs> there is a lot of devs. <laughs> There's like thousands of people working on Bitcoin. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a really awesome. <laughs> it really is. It is awesome. I want to I want to pull on that lightning thread a little bit. I think that's interesting. And just from the couple sentences you said there a second ago, I think I agree. Um, I think a lot of lightning liquidity is going to be just housed in some in companies that are good at managing it. Is that sort of where you were going with that? Walk us through the future you envision for lightning. No, that's just the model, right? I mean, like, you know, you need liquidity. You need like, you know, this it's a very complex network that needs state. Right, so it needs to be stateful. It needs to be talking to the network as well. You know, there's proposals to sort of figure out some other sort of trade-offs. But realistically speaking, it's like you have this amazing system that like replaces Visa, right? Where you you have a card, or in this case, an app, right, that is linked to this entity. It's going to provide you a a payment rails that is much better than anything else, right? Uh, and you're gonna have competition on this space so you're gonna have like you know visa mastercard amex right so like you're gonna have like lightning labs you're gonna have uh uh spiral blocks whatever and you're gonna have Blockstream, and you're gonna have this and that they're all gonna be semi sort of centralized in a way but the rails talk to each other right so you're gonna be able to interop and, and you're gonna be able to run your node and try to do the thing yourself too which is fantastic and many people will but that doesn't scale to society, right? Um, you're going to have this interesting thing. And then if you want true and censorable through this, through that, you know, base layer. Yeah, we've messed with, I mean, with the, because we're on podcast 2.0 apps and we have nodes and we've messed with Lightning Liquidity some. And it's really cool. I mean, you you understand how the basics of how Lightning works and how it connects to the base chain and all this stuff. But we did, I don't know, we were messing with this eight months ago, 10 months ago. And we, we, had some interchanges where Josh and I were like, this is not something I see the average person doing. No, you know? no like balancing well, liquidity I, I, like channels can, you, and stuff like that is still And also, difficult. like, if you have the liquidity for something like that yourself, you might use a different solution, right? And, and what, what I'm hoping for is more L2 solutions that are incompatible. Hmm. Right. I want more ideas that have different sets of trade-offs. They're trying different things. And don't try to interrupt. Not everything needs to interrupt. We have Bitcoin. Right? I mean, for all I care, not even the lightning implementations need to interrupt. It'd be fantastic if like, you know what? Like Lightning Labs go one direction, Blockstream goes another. Maybe, maybe some parts of their system do. Maybe, maybe none of it interrupts. And it's okay. Let the we market more decide. Options. Yeah. It's hard. It's really, really hard to build networks with the same exact sets of rules for different entities with different priorities, right? That almost like hinders development. We have Bitcoin for that. <clears throat> what are some of the most ingenious, totally changing the subject here, ingenious ways people have hidden private keys that you know of or... Because uh, I know you can, you can all, you, and again, like, we're not saying you should get it in over your skis and do something to lose your money here, but I know there's really cool ways you can hide these in like pictures, JPEGs. Yeah. <laughs> for, for people uh, that watch, and he just did the old finger inside the rectum trick on video for us. So, what uh, up your not the please? actual one, the fake one. <laughs> yeah, the they, fake they, one. He didn't actually was, put his finger in no his ass on video. Involved. Yeah. <laughs> no rectums were harmed in this video. Um, we don't so, harm them, do so, we, Dan? Like, people get creative, right? No. Uh, you know, they remember their 12 words. They will write them on the Bible. They will, you know, like put them in, in seed plates and bury them. Um, people put them in pictures. Uh, it, you know, it really is sort of like all over the place, right? I mean, it's, it's data and it's only very little data. So it's so easy to, to sort of like hide it. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a great Easter egg hunt when I pass away for somebody. It's gonna be if you if you go before me, Josh. Guess where your wife's coming? My house, and I'm gonna have to fucking. You're gonna have your to. You're gonna have to follow the up. rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and you guys joke, but like we get sometimes emails about this stuff. It's like you know, like you know, my my very smart programmer husband died, and he left me this very complicated thing, and it's unredeemable. <laughs> Sorry sucks yeah we we are constantly barking on here about inheritance planning 
as fun simple. as all this stuff is, I think I, you've used the phrase before forward error correction. Yeah. I, lo- I love that phrase and that should be done for a company like yours, but also for an individual make sure this is squared away. Have no doubt that if you get hit by, if you get hit driving to work tomorrow, if you and your wife get hit driving on your next vacation, you know, go through the scenarios and make sure that the most pristine asset of the last thousand years is safe and secure. Yeah, it's uh, it really is like, you know, I keep on harping on this like all the time. It's like most people will screw themselves, not get robbed, right? So like, you know, just seed plate metal backup in the house. So if the house burns, at least you have a chance, right? Um, you know, don't make some complicated setup unless you're really knowledgeable and you know how to like properly leave instructions, right? Yeah, there was a there's a really cool little jig that you can 3D print. For anyone listening that doesn't want to spend $100 on some of these Bill Foddle products, they you can actually take washers and with this little jig, you can just stamp in your seed words onto the washers, put them on a bolt, and that's like a $5, you know, stainless steel hardware wallet keeper for you that will survive a, a house burning down or a flood, and it's cheap, super cheap. Yeah. Yeah, make sure to to number those washers. Yes. <laughs> Yes, good point. <laughs> Pro <Whoops>. tips. Pro <laughs> tip. Let's end with this one. Uh, this was a question that we got on Twitter. Uh, someone was asking about your Twitter handle and then your banner. Uh, first of all, deterministic optimism. Hit us with what that means. And then mm, uh, what is question. the image? That's the one I'm curious about. What is what is the significance of the image on your Twitter? Um, so so determinist, like Bitcoin is deterministic, right? Is elliptical curve cryptography and it also has deterministic distribution right so fixed inflation on a schedule um and i think being a bitcoiner you can't really escape the determinism it's just like you know if it follows the bitcoin math you know either wins or goes to zero so like you know we have this extremely deterministic sort of means of of understanding and pricing the future um you know, and that makes me optimist. Like, it, it, it's like, so like we have a thing that, that like we have a lifeboat, right? It's, uh, and it's been winning. Like, it's winning. Sure you is. Know? Uh, this magic internet money, it, you know, it's like $40,000 now per unit, right? I mean, people used to say moon was like a grand, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, if you've been in this yeah. thing long enough. I mean, what what was your you were you got in in twenty twelve? No, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dox myself. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got it was twenty nineteen, wasn't it? Yeah, never mind. I but you've been around one. Long- I got it in nineteen seventy one. When when Satoshi released the paper via fax, but not a lot of people got it. So just so yeah, definitely nineteen seventy one. You've definitely been around to see this to be more floored by forty grand than most, though. I mean, like, so our touch point. Let's say Josh and I got rolling on this when it was, you know, it's three, four, five grand. Forty looks crazy, but if you've been around and developing like you have, it is truly remarkable the hurdles that this is has jumped over, and just the fact that it's still here. I mean, I'm surely, in, I'm sure in your early days it was this was just a pie in the sky cool idea, and here we sit you know, 10 years later and it's being talked about on CNBC every other day and the yeah, White House I mean, is releasing statements about it. I and mean, it's, it's, it's pinch yourself type stuff. The idea that Bitcoin was going to work is like pretty amazing. <laughs> like, you know, like we used to call this an experiment, right? Like it was a word that we all used for a long time to make sure that people understood not to like put their life savings on it, right? Because it could go away. You know, back in the day, you just killed enough people, like Bitcoin would disappear. It's it's not possible anymore. I mean, I don't believe it's realistically possible to kill Bitcoin. Uh, not in any way that does not hurt the state or or like either like, you know, saving face or or just like you just can't go, you know, you can't coordinate killing all the Bitcoiners in the world at the same time, right? Like Bitcoin will never go to zero because there's enough of us that would just buy every single one of them just to put in a picture frame. Um, so it's just, it's just an interesting thing. Like, uh, you know, I just, I just don't believe it's practical to kill it. And, and imagine like a a major G7 country trying to kill Bitcoin and not achieving it. 
what it would look like, you would make Bitcoin quadruple moon that week. Oh, right? it, would because, it would melt faces. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, oh, look, America tried to kill Bitcoin and they can't. Oh, <laughs> even these hyperinflated Titans. $100 trillion bills are actually this thing's worth $400 right now. It's getting this hyperinflated currency is gaining value on the dollar over the last 10 years aggressively. I think I bought this That's thing amazing. for five bucks. No kidding. 10 That's years amazing. ago, that thing was five bucks. That's amazing. Should have um, put all my money in $100 trillion Zimbabwe bills. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> How funny is that, right? Things are going parabolic. NVK, thanks for your time. Hey, really man. enjoyed this one. Uh, give our audience a handoff to, we, we covered it, but CoinKite and where they can interact with you. Yeah, just uh, Twitter at, at NVK and, uh, you know, check out our products, buy our stuff. And uh, yeah, it's at uh, CoinKite.com. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This is uh, usual fun. Thanks for Talking coming. Talking to two guys who actually go on the box of an ambulance and understand. That is the slang we have for it. We call it the box. I'm going to start calling it the box. Or the or the blood bucket. That's another uh, phrase. The blood bucket. <laughs> I like that one even better. <laughs> We're going to keep an eye out on CoinKite's store for that uh, that little device that you place the open dime inside for your rectum. We'll keep a, we'll keep a look out for that. We'll, yeah. Hopefully our discount code works for that as well. I am certain uh, somebody out there can send you a mold. Awesome. Yeah, 3D print that thing. <laughs> I'll have to do a fine, fine print. I don't want any, sh any sharp edges on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Spent like 13 minutes on this episode talking about keisters. Well, I mean, you know, you guys, you guys work on the box on the back, man. Like, you guys seen things. Yeah, we've seen some stuff, We've seen man. some keisters, man. I can tell you that. Not <laughs> yeah. something you want to see. And you can't unsee. <laughs> Thanks, Heavy K. Have a great rest of your day, man. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank Thanks so much for listening into the show. If you enjoyed this discussion, be sure to like or subscribe on whatever app you're using for podcasts or on YouTube. And if you have an extra minute, go ahead and leave us a review. We are also active on Twitter at blue underscore collar BTC. And our email address is bluecollarbitcoinpodcast at gmail.com. We invite questions, comments, or inquiries of any kind. We look forward to you joining us again on the BCB Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah.